Good morning on this Tuesday morning. Welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. Thank you for joining us this morning. We're going to pick up and continue talking about gates, talking about doors and portals. Remember, it was at the door post in Egypt that the Israelites were told that they needed to put the blood. The blood on the side post and the blood on the top post, never at the bottom. We can never and should never uh, trample upon our feet the blood of Jesus. So they were told that it had to be in the doors. It was not on the windows, but it was the doors because that is the place through which they entered in. That is the place which they had entered out or would enter out. And when that spirit of death came, it could not touch the firstborns that were in that home or in that house. Wisdom crieth outside, and she utters her voice in the street. She cries in the chief places of the concourse, in the opening of the gates, in the city. She uttereth her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? You scorners delight in scorning, and you fools hate knowledge. Wisdom cries in all the chief places, all the principal places. In the New Testament, the word chief would be ark, archangel. That's where we would get that from. Uh, uh, meaning the first or the, the primary one or the, the very first one. In the Old Testament, uh, it simply means to shake, to shake, to shake the head. That means you're either going to say no or you're going to say yes. Now, of course, there may be a, a difference in some places in the world where you shake your way, your head no, and it means yes, and you shake your head yes, and it means no. But normally, that, uh, <clears throat> that is what in the Old Testament, in that time, that took place. That they would be the ones that would shake their head as the balances were weighed out, as they made decisions, as things were accomplished and done, it was at the gates. I've mentioned this before. We found Lot at the gates when the two angels came in and he met them. Boaz concerning Ruth as a kinsman redeemer, all that work was done at the gate. In the first five books of the Bible, when it talks about uh, purchasing and it talks about uh, different things, it says when you are at the gates, it was at the gates when these transactions took place. So we can pick up from the natural that it is at the gates of our lives where spiritual transactions are going to take place. It is where doors are going to be open. It is where doors are going to be closed. There will have to be keys that can and should or will be used to either open and lock the doors and or the gates. We also had made mention yesterday concerning the Holy Spirit being the porter that opens the door, Jesus being the door, and of course the Heavenly Father being the shepherd of the flock. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But here, the scripture in Proverbs that we're looking at, it talks about wisdom calling at the gates. Now, if we were to go to the New Testament, 
and we were to look up wisdom and study wisdom just a little bit, we would begin to understand that the wisdom of God varies so distinctly and greatly from the wisdom of this world. They have absolutely uh, nothing in common. The wisdom of this world is, uh, is involved with uh, envy and strife and confusion and every evil work. Jane defines it, who is a wise man among you? It was the wise that were at the gates and they were the ones that uh, did all the transacting of whatever needed to be done. It says, and a, who is a wise man among you and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out a good behavior, a good conversation. That's not talking about uh, a good little talk. But let him demonstrate his wisdom in the way that he behaves. So let me say this first. Any type of wisdom that we say or that we declare that we got from God that is not practical and useful is not from God. And James actually goes and defines it very clearly. We're going to look at this right now uh, because uh, wisdom and grace are going to be connected. The scripture says, let him show a good behavior, his works with meekness of wisdom. Notice that meekness of wisdom, Solomon being the wisest man that there ever has existed, demonstrated all that he knew with all the things that he did. All the things that he did were practical, but there were things in his heart that shifted because of uh, disobeying God's word. But nonetheless, wisdom is practical in our lives. It's not so far up in the sky that, you know, we can't... Uh, uh, in other words, it's not philosophical, it's not uh, theoretical, it's not uh, theological. Wisdom is practical. Now, it says in James 3.14, But if you have bitter envies, or envies, all you got to do is look at the first Corinthians, uh, first Corinthians chapter 1, uh, I mean chapter 3, and you'll find out that this is what was happening with them. Yet they were speaking in tongues, they were operating in all the gifts of the Spirit. It says, but if you have bitter envies and strifes in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom, he's talking about the wisdom that has bitterness and envies and strifes. Uh, it says, it doesn't come down from above. But it's of this earth. It's sensual. It's soulish. It involves nothing but the five senses. It involves nothing but the uh, soul part of our mind where we become willful and disobedient to God and use our soul as the means of dictating that this is the wisdom from God. And then it advances to the level of being devilish, being diabolical, being evil. For where there is envies, verse 16, and strife, where the, these two exist, envy and strife, 
there is confusion. There was both envying and strife. Therefore, there was confusion with the people of Corinth. The scripture goes and identifies that they were divided. They were fighting amongst themselves as to whom they belonged to. When one reads the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 3 and verse number 1, Paul says, Brethren, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, that means fleshy, even as unto babes in Christ. In other words, I had to speak to you according to how you still walked according to the old nature, as though you had never been born again. I have... I have fed you with milk and not with meat because up until now you're not able to bear neither. Bear neither yet now are you able. You weren't able to handle it then. You're not able to handle it now. He says in verse number three, For are you yet carnal? For whereas there is envying and strife and division, are you not carnal and walk as men. So notice, he identifies that being carnal and identifying for there is envy and there is strife and there is division, he identifies it as walking according to your soul, walking according to your flesh, walking according to the old nature. So that's why he couldn't deal with them. And he says, for one saith, I am of Paul. Another saith, I am of Apollos. Are you not yet carnal? Aren't you still fleshy? In other words, you're still functioning and living under the old nature, which that nature is supposed to have been crucified already. That nature uh, was supposed to have already been dealt with. So why are you living like this? And basically, it all boiled down to because the wisdom that they thought they had, the wisdom that they thought they were operating under, was not of this, was not of uh, from above, was but but was from beneath. So let's look at it again. James three verse thirteen: Who is a wise man? and endued with knowledge among you. Let him show out a good behavior uh, of his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envies and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. For this wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, as I said, soulish, uh, and devilish, for where there is envies and strife, there is confusion and every evil work. That is exactly what was happening in Corinth. Their behavior was that of what has been identified as sensual, as devilish, and as earthly. Or he identified it as carnal in Corinth. And he said, for where there is envies and strife, there is confusion and every evil work. But where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and there is not confusion. But it says the wisdom that is from above, the wisdom that comes from God, this is the distinction. The wisdom that is from above is first pure. It's peaceable. It's gentle. Easy to be 
entreated. It's full of mercy. And and when it says easy to be entreated, it says it's good for persuasion. Uh, That that is, if if, if you have an issue you have to deal with, uh, it's going to be full of mercy. Good fruits. This is the practical part of it. Without partiality, without hypocrisy. There have been men and women whose testimonies I have heard where they needed the wisdom of God concerning a, a, a thing that they had to deal with. And without having had the education, having gone to an architectural school, having gone to a financial uh, uh, institution of some sort, God gave them the practical wisdom of how to do a certain thing. And that is one of the most resourceful things as believers that we can do. Now, in the book of Job, God talks about wisdom being on a path that no one, in other words, like the eagle and and other animals have not found. But yet it it is accessible for those that walk that path and can enter in through that door. And when you enter into that through that door, then you can see in the life of Jesus how practical he was. He says, "Okay, you know, five thousand men, uh, not including the women and the children, have just eaten. Do not throw away that bread. It can still be used. Uh, pick up everything, and 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 it's going to be useful for something else." He was practical. Okay, we need to go. Uh, uh, Pay our taxes, uh, Peter, go and fish. The first fish that you catch, open its mouth, uh, and there will be a gold coin in there. Go and pay your taxes and my taxes with it. In, in other words, these were practical things. They weren't things that were uh, the uh, mystical and ooh and ah, you know, beyond comprehension. The wisdom that comes from God is practical. So when we enter at the gate, and when we're at the gate making decisions and judgments and whatnot, wisdom that comes from God is calling there because it's practical. It's something that's going to cause us to act and behave and do good works that are practical that will bring honor and glory to God. Well, I see we've run out of time. I want to pick up in this direction uh, again tomorrow. Join us then on Wednesday. But until then, the Lord richly and fully bless you. Keep looking up. Our Redeemer and redemption draw near. Amen.